Hey, did you know that in the original Bloody Mary ritual, you had to walk backwards up a flight of stairs? Oh, really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, and the purpose was to catch a glimpse of your future husband's face. Really? I wish I could find my future husband that easily. Honestly, all I really want to do now is drink a Bloody Mary. Well, how about we go make some Bloody Marys while you tell me more fun facts about Bloody Mary? Join us every week at Booze and Spirits. Where we make our favorite drinks and tell each other our favorite paranormal stories. Find us under Booze and Spirits on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and Podbean. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Booze and Spirits. Welcome to Perhaps It's You. Greetings and salutations, mystery solvers. We're here today to solve some goddamn mysteries. Solve some mysteries? Okay, that's no. That's a tall order. Well, that's the... We're going to talk right. about some mysteries. You're right. I'm, I give up. I'm done. <laughs> I'm right. done. I'm, I'm, I, is that Samantha Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is... Oh yes, I'm Samantha. <sighs> I'm Liz. We're here with a special guest. Hi, Gretchen. Hi. We have to have a special pod dog today. Hi, Sylvia. Sylvia is here. So cute. Little little Yorkie Sylvia is like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> that is the look she's giving us right she now. She gazes upon us. Like, I don't. She's looking kind of in be- between us. Like, I'm not what? sure if she's scared or if she wants to go outside. Well, well, we'll find out. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we, sh- we sure will. <laughs> it, it could be both. She might be scared, so she wants to go outside. Oh yeah. Or do you see a ghost, Sylvia? Oh, oh, okay, okay. Oh. I think maybe she's seen a ghost. Liz, Liz's house might be haunted. Okay. Hi, everyone. We're here. We're here to talk about Unsolved Mysteries, I think. Yes. <laughs> I think that that's what our podcast is I about. I think. That sounds right, right? We have, yeah, we're only like 50 episodes in. No, like 80 some. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Gretchen's here today. Gretchen, fun fact, actually was like my boss way a long time ago oh okay she hired me out of college and kept me from starving to death so thank you we should all thank gretchen for that thank you Gretchen. what job was this we worked at a robotics company yeah it was weird yeah it was really weird it is not as high tech and like whatever you're picturing is wrong it It was was, just an office and it was horribly dysfunctional it was very dysfunctional i'm very small and my job was to like put parts in a box and ship it and they somehow still got that wrong sometimes but gretchen didn't fire me so well and you're still friends to this day yeah. so yeah. well she kept me sane with all the boys we worked with yeah sure so it was an interesting experience on my very last day someone who was clearly high kept calling the office asking if we had robots and it turned out that in the phone book under robotics we were literally the only number so someone oh. kept calling and then a very naive co-worker was trying to explain to them was what Raj? yeah <laughs> was trying to explain to them what the business did and i was like just hang up like this is not a real customer they're calling to see if we have robots they're not actually 
So somewhere I have that page of a phone book I ripped out that says robotics, oh. and then just that company is the only listing. It was so funny. Anyway, that's the only good story. Everything else is just annoying. Hilarious. They sold cables and motion control boards. Fascinating. Yeah. Sounds fascinating. So not Oof. robots. No. I once found a diagram for like a robotic arm, and that was like the most exciting day. Well, they used the motion control boards <laughs> in robots for other companies. Okay. But we didn't have we any didn't robots have or like... There was one CNC machine but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it did. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And it wasn't even real robots. If you were selling robots, that would be pretty cool. That's why Liz wanted to work there. Yeah. Well, really, I just needed a job so I could pay rent and eat food. But also, robots are cool. You mean selling electronic parts wasn't your passion? I knew nothing about it at whatsoever. But, I didn't either. So okay, okay. But I was like, I know how to use a stapler. I know how to use Microsoft Word. You should give me a job. And Gretchen was like, Yeah, okay. And tape dispensers. That was really important. Yeah. Tape the boxes. I mean, yeah. you pretty much described the main qualifications for any office job. Right. So I was like, Please hire me before I'm destitute. And Gretchen saw the the tears in my eyes. She took pity on me. Yeah, that was a long time ago. And years later, you're on a podcast. Yeah, we didn't what see this. What a strange this. world. See this coming. Though we did talk about Law & Order a lot at work, so maybe it makes sense. Because what were we doing last night? Watching Law & Order. Nice. Nothing's changed. Nice. All right, Gretchen, tell us about your history, or if any, uh, with Unsolved Mysteries. Have used, you watched the show? Yes, I used to watch it when I was a kid in the basement of my In the house. basement? Yeah, and it was, like, the right at the top of the stairs was a door outside and it would creep me out because i would sit on the couch and the tv was across from me oh, and right yeah. up there was the stairs and yikes i have to make sure the curtains were closed and yeah it was it would creep me out did your parents watch it with you no it was like late at night and i was just down oh okay everybody else was asleep or something well like yeah that. that's terrifying yeah. that is terrifying but you know like you said it was you know different time everybody watched they're, it they're, uh, yeah everybody watched it children watched it a lot of people have you know memories of being frightened by unsolved mysteries there's formative childhood experiences causing a lifetime of anxiety issues (laughs) and here now here we are now we here here we are we are talking about uh amazon's episode seven of season four yes it's the halloween episode yes which means it's better than the last two episodes we've done which have been a lot about domestic violence and I'm glad to take a little break from that. It's been a downer. We prayed to Satan for a ghost story, and we got <laughs> two. Yay! Thank so you, Satan. Satan has answered our prayers. <laughs> we have two ghost stories in this one. I know. I, it's better than I could have even dreamed. So, yeah. Satan really came through, as usual. Very pleased. Do we have any updates before I can't we really think of it. Everybody just agreed that those guys were huge jerks. Yeah. And we should send them to the moon, I assume. Everybody agreed with that. I assume everyone agreed with that, although I haven't heard anything uh, for or against that plan. No, so. no, people, I take their silence as approval. <laughs> to right, send, Sylvia? Send all boys to the moon. Right. Sylvia seems to like it. Sylvia likes the plan, so okay. it's good enough good, for me. Good enough. Good enough for a dog, good enough for me. All right, should we dive into this episode? Yeah, you have the first one. All right, yeah, at the beginning of this episode, uh, we start with Robert Stack waxing poetic about Halloween, which was yeah. nice. He was got that, he gets this tiny little smirk. You can almost only see it in the eyes when he thinks something's dumb. Yep. And he had it for this, and I love it every time. This episode includes a lot of 
Perhaps someone will see a ghost. He was like, perhaps you'll solve a mystery, or perhaps you'll find one beyond explanation. Right. Like a haunted hotel. (laughs) Yep. All right, so this first mystery is a paranormal story, and it is about the St. James Hotel. It's another New Mexico mystery. We get so many New Mexico. Chock full of mysteries. So the the motto of the state of New Mexico is land of enchantment. And I I feel like that fits because we get so many kind of does spooky paranormal stories from New Mexico. Sylvia, that's just Mac. It's okay. It's okay, baby. She's so tiny and so darn cute. And she's gonna protect us all. Yeah, she will. I like her confidence. <laughs> we can all learn from Sylvia. So the St. James Hotel was built in 1880 and offered. Robert Stack says, good food, attractive dancing girls, and comfortable beds. What more could you ask for? <laughs> don't you think those beds were really comfortable, though? Doubt it. Maybe no. for the time. I don't know. Yeah, you weren't but laying on a bed of nails. Weren't so. beds just like... Hay? Yeah, there's just hay in yeah, a, in a thing. cloth stuffed with hay. Yeah, that doesn't sound comfortable at all. I mean, I guess it's more comfortable than like laying on rocks. I'm laying on a mattress with those like foam things on top, and I'm still like... Yeah. This is slightly <laughs> Yeah. Nothing will ever compare to the mattress we slept on at True Crime Podcast Fest. Uh, in the Marriott. We'll never stay at a hotel that nice again. Never so again. We'll never get to I'll experience. Never, I mean, maybe unless Casper Mattress fucking sponsors us already. That's not going to happen. No, so we're stuck Guess with Guess what? We got. You know who has bad mattresses? Casper. That's right. I said it. <laughs> you know why? Because they haven't sent me one. If they want me to reverse my opinion, I'm going to need to try it. Those mattresses suck. Also, actually, I think mattresses that don't have springs are supposed to be terrible for sex. So, there you go. Where did you hear this? I don't know. Somewhere. (laughs) Maybe that's true. Internet. Okay, maybe that's true. (laughs) So, you you know, there's no bounce. Yeah, you need a little bit more firm surface. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I understand the logic behind it. That's their motto. Casper mattress, never bone. (laughs) Right? That's their motto? I think it is. (laughs) It's on on the mattress box. It's on the mattress, weirdly. (laughs) But, I mean, you have sheets on it, so you don't really see it. Never bone. Never get lucky again. Never get lucky again with your Casper mattress. (laughs) It came in a box. Unlike... Casper mattress. You kind of did. <laughs> Casper, we'll take back everything we just said. I, I won't take it back until I got a free mattress. That's the new ultimatum. Liz is out here threatening companies to get sponsorships. This is our new business plan. What we're doing hasn't been working either. I mean, what we're currently doing, which is just freely advertising companies like Polar. Yeah, that's somehow not working, so... Every time I post a a, pol- a rare polar to our Instagram, someone mes- messages me and says, I'm, I'm, I gotta try this. And yeah, I'm like, why I am I fucking advertising for a company that so doesn't send me free me stuff? Someone told me that they bought some Wet n' Wild because of me. And you're welcome, Wet n' Wild, for those $3. <laughs> Anyway. All right. So famous guests stayed at the St. James Hotel and uh, enjoyed those lumpy mattresses. Uh, Way better than Casper mattresses, though. Such people as Jesse James, Bat Matterson, Annie Oakley, Doc Holliday, and Wyatt Earp. Earp. 
Erp. Yeah. Wyatt Erp. You you know who Wyatt Erp is. Yeah. Wasn't he from Des Moines? Or his uh, family's from Des Moines? His family lives in West Des Moines now. Okay, okay. That's where, that's where Gretchen resides. Ah, okay. The Erp family. Yep. Sure, yeah. sure. All right. In 1985, Ed Spitzberger and his wife Patricia bought the St. James Hotel in Cimarron, New Mexico, hoping to restore it. During one rainy night, Patricia and a friend went around to see how many leaks there were in the hotel, a thing you got to do for an old building. When they were alone, they turned the chandelier off. Oh, once they were... Oh, oh my God. Once they were done, they turned off the chandelier and left the building. As they were... When they were in the parking lot, Patricia turned around and saw that the chandelier was turned back on. They went inside and turned it off again. But when they got back outside, once again, the chandelier was turned on. This Did you know that ghosts can be very annoying? Yeah, it's kind of irritating. Uh, <laughs> and very unhelpful. They had been, so they had sort of heard the rumors the hotel was haunted, so this sort of confirmed it for Patricia, and she told the spirits, I don't know who you are, but I don't want to play anymore, and I want to go home. And the next time they went outside, the chandelier remained off. So she was kind of like, fuck you, ghosts, I'm trying to leave. And they were like, all right, right, all right, you acknowledged us, we'll quit turning the chandelier back yeah. on. So that was polite of the ghosts. Why don't you ever get a ghost that, like, dusts for you? Right. Seriously. Like, oh, and in their life, they hated dust. They were a real neatnik. So then you just come home and you're like, wow, my house is so much cleaner. How come that never happened? That would be the best haunting ever. So like turning on lights. Yeah, like do something helpful. Like, all of a sudden, my laundry was folded. Thanks, ghosts. (laughs) Goddamn, I wish that was what happened. (laughs) But sadly, you're just going to have to become a dominatrix and force men to clean for you. Yes, okay, so this morning I saw the best... Newspaper headline ever. I think it was from the fucking New York Post. Some shit. Who knows? But it was a dominatrix who is charging men. Men are paying her $150 an hour to clean her house. (laughs) Because every sex worker is smarter than me. She is living her life right. I don't (sighs) know. I would do almost anything to not clean. Yes. I can't imagine not cleaning and getting paid. Sounds amazing. And someone was like, that's going to take a lot of patience. And I was like, I don't care. I'll just threaten them with a whip. (laughs) What are you talking about? You just insult them. She's so smart. She got divorced in her 60s and then became a dominatrix. She's my hero. I know. Can we build a statue to her? We should. In the town square. (laughs) (laughs) I think that doesn't exist. I don't think. Make a town square for her. Yeah. Yeah, We'll make a town square (laughs) and erect a statue to this woman. Just over by like... Yeah, I don't know. Over by like right in front of town hall. Town hall. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just on the Capitol like, building. Who is lawn. this woman? Did she even live in Minnesota? It's like no, but she's a hero to us all. And then people will read the plaque and be like, "Dedicated to so and so, got men to pay her one hundred fifty dollars to clean her own home." And people will be like, "Oh, I get it." <laughs> yeah, they'll lay some flowers at the foot feet of the statue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, the Sitzbergers claim that the entire hotel is haunted. Guests in room 17 report whenever the window is left open, there is a mysterious, fast-paced tapping noise that continues until they close the window. That sounded annoying as fuck. Yeah. Especially if it's hot. This seems like an old building. Can you imagine? You're just trying to get some fresh air in the building, and every time you open the window, it's like... Do you know this hotel still exists? I did not look it up, but we should and see if we can go stay in room 17, maybe. I gotta say, it kind of looks like a dump. Kind of. Well, I mean, it seems very leaky, and apparently uh, the ghosts don't want the windows open, so it's probably very stuffy as well. But I do also want to stay there. Kind of. I'm curious. Maybe it doesn't cost a lot to stay there. I don't know. (laughs) 
They're like, well, you should be able to negotiate and say, well, look, there's already a ghost in my room, so I'm sharing it. Right. I shouldn't have to pay Paul full price. <laughs> All right. In the kitchen, the cook has witnessed several bizarre occurrences. For example, a glass once levitated in the air off the side of a table. That's the only bizarre. They said several, and then we just saw a cup float. That's it. Sometimes it's funny when they're like, all these crazy things happen, and then the, the one they choose to tell us is really stupid, and then it's like, okay. What was the other one, so? Yeah. What were the other ones? A different cup floated <laughs> and then a spatula yeah and then an egg yeah in may of 1988 charlie valera varela i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing his name right a local high school student was cleaning the bar at 5 a.m when he saw a little kid spinning a glass on the bar as charlie approached the child turned around and he saw that his face was glowing blue and it was also like horribly <laughs> disfigured. Hideous, as he described yeah, it. Yeah, he described it as hideous. He was clearly frightened. The child jumped off the bar and disappeared into thin air. Uh, Charlie was like, ah, fuck this. I'm out and immediately quit on the spot. The reenactment shows him like knocking over furniture as he runs away. <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, I, and then I just quit. And then I'm not I quit. going back there. Which, good for Charlie. This is like just some extra job he was doing in high school minimum wage not worth it he's like i am not being paid enough to deal with child ghosts taunting me at night no thanks i'm becoming a what's a male dominatrix dominator is that even a thing i don't know well whatever he got some other job sure (laughs) that's what he's doing now doesn't involve child ghosts (laughs) mattress tester sure sure Amateur ghost hunter Dr. Kenneth Wright and Patricia both saw a strange glowing ball of negative energy in one of the rooms while he was there to investigate. Sylvia did not like this at all. She barked at this on the TV a lot. It sounded frightening the way they described it. They both had this like overwhelming sense of dread kind of come over them. And yeah, they described it as being a very frightening experience. Uh, I've never really heard of this as far as ghost stories go. Like... I just a glowing ball of Gretchen, of what energy. is your reaction to the glowing ball of energy? Real, made up? Oh, totally real. For sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. That, like, who would come, first of all, who would come up with that? Second of all, there's two people that saw it. That's true. And why would you lie? I don't know. Yeah, it makes sense to me that it would be that would be real, but it sounds frightening either way. She, like, tells it to leave, and then they get the impression that Ball's like, no, you leave. I was here first. And they're like, all right, and then slowly slink out of the room. <sighs> yeah, they say that after, Patricia says that after she asked it to leave, it seemed to get angrier, so that's scary. Ed Sitzberger contacted psychic Jackie Littlejohn and asked her to investigate the hotel. Jackie claims to communicate with the spirit world. Jackie sensed a gunshot wound, and the evidence of violence was very strong to her she envisioned a poker game that turned deadly she says that this poker game went on and on and on and then eventually i don't know someone was accused of cheating or whatever and it turned violent um someone won the hotel and then died yes yep so she believes that one of the men killed in the poker game now haunts room 18 of the hotel she says that his name was tj wright and he won the hotel at the poker game just before he died Ed found that in 1981, a man named T.J. Wright had, in fact, checked into the hotel three times. What? So, that's pretty spooky. Also, the register was locked up in a glass case, and there was no way the psychic could have looked at it. Yeah, and that's kind of the end of the story. Uh, we end with the psychic kind of giving some information. I assume the hotel still exists, or if it doesn't, whatever's there is remains haunted. 
Um, it was kind of like this hotel. Yeah, it's a dump, sure. But you should come stay because it has so many ghosts. Maybe stay there next time you're in New Mexico. Consider. I really like that when they showed photos from inside the hotel, they were like placed on top of this really ugly lace to give it like an old west <laughs> charm. Yes. That's something that definitely would not happen on TV now. No, I liked it as well. Like a still photograph being shot with a TV camera, like awesomely. <laughs> but you, it, you know the person that set that shot up was like, oh yeah, this is gold. Oh yeah. It this- sounds like something that would be in um, uh, that show with Angela Lansbury. Oh, yeah. Uh, Murder yeah. She Wrote? Murder She Wrote, yes. That's- Where she murders everyone in Cabot Cone, <laughs> Maine. Can I we- assume that was the last episode. They found out that she was the murderer <laughs> and had been killing the whole Jessica, town. She did it. It's like, I don't know, everywhere she goes, people yeah, die right. for years. Right. And she just kind of thinks it's funny. Oh. Yeah. Oh, another murder for me to solve. Hmm? It was her. We all know it. We just realized that Gretchen's microphone wasn't on, so if you can't really hear Gretchen for the first part of this recording... Apologies. You know how I always say we don't know what we're doing? <laughs> Turns out we still don't. Not a joke. We really don't. Not a joke. I will do my best to amplify your voice at the first part of this. Uh, hi, yeah. Hi, Gretchen. Hi. hi. Yeah, it, we have a guest here. You may not have heard her at all throughout the first half of this episode. but Her uh, name's Gretchen. Yeah. She's here. Okay. Now we get another... I said some very brilliant comments. They were oh, very so brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> they probably would have changed your whole life. You would have, like, something just would have clicked in your brain, and you would have gone, of course, what I was missing all this time, and everything would have been different, but oh, you well. couldn't hear her, so... <laughs> all right, I'm going to talk about Hardin House in Claremont, Florida. This is our second ghost story for the episode. So, this starts off with June Ferris has this reoccurring dream that she's in a very 90s uh, nightgown. and Very she, 90s nightgown. She's walking down this all-white, glowing hallway, and she's in a house she's never been in before. And she has the same dream over and over, that she walks down this hall, and then she goes down the stairs, and she walks past this through the kitchen, and then she goes down the porch, and when she gets to the porch and opens the door, she wakes up every time. And, um, I don't know, she just has that dream a lot. So, uh, in 1972, she... Mo- she, I think she starts having that dream in the late 60s. But in 72, she moves with her family to Florida. Two years later, she's driving through Claremont. She sees this old Victorian house. It's really pretty. And it's for sale. So her and her friend decide to go look at it. They're looking around. They're like upstairs. And they find out that there's a second back staircase. And her friend's like, oh, where do you think it goes? And she's like, I know. Yeah, she says she has extremely strong deja vu. I saw it in a dream. You go through the kitchen and out to the back door to the porch. Because that's not how all back staircases work. You go through the kitchen that's true. and out the back porch. Yeah, it's actually really not that profound at all. It's really not. <laughs> yeah. So then her friend's like, oh, how did you know? She's like, I've dreamed of this house. And her friend doesn't go, you're a loon. Or I, what was a very do? supportive friend? Well, if I said that, if I was like Gretchen, I've been in this house and I've been cool. <laughs> Tell me about the ghosts. Right, yeah. <laughs> I've been in this house in dreams. So uh, she buys this house that she visited in a dream, and then seems surprised that the weird stuff happens. Uh, you June, buy <laughs> you bought the house you saw in a dream. Of course, weird stuff's going to happen. So in '78, her and her family move into the house. They soon start experiencing strange phenomena, and then we get the most boring story ever: that this boat is in their driveway, up on like a what do you call those things? It's like a little saw, mini sawhorse. Sawhorse, 
and then the something keeps lifting up the hitch and dropping it. I feel like the dad just like didn't secure it properly, and it just I kept think sliding the off. Of it, is, it was like not like it was slightly evenly. downhill, yeah, maybe yeah. it just kept falling off. But anyway, they think a ghost is messing with them by picking up the hitch and letting the boat drop. So maybe the ghost hates rich people. Maybe. <laughs> maybe the ghost is like, you're never really going to use this boat. Why do you even have this boat? Why? Who maybe he has six and the ghost is like, what the fuck? Sell two of these boats. <laughs> that was the ghost. That would be amazing. Okay. So that's, they act like there's tons of examples, but like for years we just get, that's like the only example we get. Boat falls. Boat falls. Not impressed. Okay. So then years later, her daughter, who's now like 20 or 21, staying in the house with her husband david and he wakes up in terror because he knows the house is on and it's like what's that noise and it turns out that all of her music boxes are playing at once even though they haven't been turned on who was bob vitter that i thought that was her husband but maybe it was that's else. Lori's boyfriend he had a great mustache so i think um june has two daughters ah that's so, right okay so her daughter robin i got has the daughters mixed up the music box incident. So she wakes up and there's all this like, like creepy music box music all playing at once. That's super creepy. That would be really creepy. That's a little horror movie moment. So then in 85, her other daughter, Lori, and her boyfriend, Bob, are watching TV. Bob is a possible contender for MVM. I thought, his, yeah, he, it was unique in how wide it was. That's what Max said too. He said to call it the wide boy. <laughs> the wide boy? Yeah. I said the ghost whisperer. Okay, okay. Because you know, you, you get it. Yeah. Ha ha ha. But, um... I think I like wide boy more. It is very wide. <laughs> Do you draw pictures of all the mustaches on the show? Just, well, most of them. But generally, the ones that, that the might really be the good best. really ones, yeah. yeah. I wrote MVM. Right I now. appreciate Liz's <laughs> sketches of the mustache, because I don't Absolutely. always... There's so many mustaches yeah. in this show, uh, I don't always remember what each individual one looks like, also, so Liz sketches apparently them. Apparently, in this shot, I wrote down, nice jade plant. Oh, I love okay. plant envy at this moment. So, he hears footsteps, which uh, they assume is the mother... But they're like too loud, too masculine. Apparently, specifically boot. Okay. Footsteps, and so Bob gets up to investigate. There's no one there, and he hears the footsteps go down a hall and like slam a door or something. Because ghosts are rude, and they never close doors quietly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're bad roommates all around. One of the daughters is at some point going. Then Robert Stack's like, "Oh, everybody believed the house was haunted, but they hadn't even seen a ghost yet." <laughs> And then one of the daughters is going upstairs in the full apparition of a ghost who's a man who she says is middle-aged or in his late 30s. And I went, bitch, mm -hmm. rude. Right. Yeah, he just like walks down the stairs and she gets a cold chill after seeing As you ghost. would if you I mean, come face to face yeah. with a ghost. And then someone else tells a story that they go into the attic and there's a white vapor in the shape of a human <laughs> at the table. <laughs> the top of this there's like a like a gingerbread man i guess a vapor and then that like bursts through him and he feels really cold okay i really enjoy the way you're describing this yeah you know ghosts uh and then they find out it turns out that a man named john harden was murdered in their yard and so perhaps this was the middle-aged man slash in his late 30s. <laughs> but this was the guy that left his wife, right? Yes. Okay. So okay, we, this is very confusing. Very, very confusing. So we get this weird reenactment that we find out that John, and this is not like that long ago, right? That John um, had lived in the house. 
1975. Like, not even, like, that much earlier. But his reenactment with his first wife is he, she, his wife's at the sink doing dishes. And he comes up and he, like, embraces her. And he's like, I love you, honey. But I got something to tell you. I have to go away. <laughs> and she's like, what on earth are you talking about, man I married for some reason? <laughs> and he goes, I have to leave. As if that makes any goddamn sense. For work? To see your family? Like, don't just be like, I'm leaving, you dumb bitch. Like, he's like, I love you, and I must go away. Where? Why? There's, yeah, no More information needed. And she was like, oh, he was such a wonderful man. But then we find out he leaves. Ooh, sorry. That was dramatic. He leaves. He never comes back. And he's remarried in a year and a half. Yeah. They just cut to two years later. He buys the house with his new wife. Like, they missed the whole middle part. Is he a polygamist? Is that second marriage even legal? Not clear. It's not clear. What's also not clear is, like, they're convinced that he's haunting the house because he, like, loved children. Oh, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) It was very weird. Okay, so his first wife... To convince you he was this great man, even though he just fucking left her for no goddamn reason, without any explanation, it was like, oh, he was the greatest father. I Sometimes don't he looked what- at a child while the child was sleeping. And I go, yeah. I go, everyone does that! What are you talking about? Oh, he, w- he might tuck them in slightly. I think that the story of this guy and his weird leaving and then getting shot is more of a mystery than this haunted house. Yes! It's a mystery, it's like for sure. breeze over yeah. it, basically. And also, his wife seems extremely... F- like, I don't understand what his first wife is thinking. Because she doesn't seem upset that he left. She d- she's upset that he never came back. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't... She seems to have just accepted that he, like, needed to leave. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Why he left his children? Why? Yeah, he had children. He had a wife. He left for mysterious reasons. He just like starts over in this house in Claremont, Florida with his second wife. I, it's not clear to me he divorced his first wife or even told her where he was, but she still seems like very fond of him. Yeah. And thinks he was a great father because he like talked in his children at night. Talked in his children at night. He did like the absolute barest minimum. And she's so impressed. Which also convinces people that as a ghost, he would like watch children while they sleep. Maybe it was her in the bushes who shot him. How much much could he love these children if he just up and left them for no reason? Yeah. I don't understand. So then he dies because he is in bed. He sees that his pickup truck is on fire. So he runs downstairs to put it out, and then someone waiting in the bushes just shoots him. I think it was his wife. Well, Honestly, might have been his wife, it, or it might have been Gretchen. What <laughs> <laughs> year was this? Did anyone look into it? <laughs> well, yeah, it actually can't be you, Gretchen. You're okay. off the hook. Okay. It was in the 70s. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> but I think his wife. That's why she's not concerned. She's just like, he was a great guy. He was a great guy. Maybe yeah, that's great why fire. she was so complimentary I mean, great of father. him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's in a better place now. Because I shot him. With the life. <laughs> I hope he likes his third life. <laughs> the afterlife. The afterlife. He, look, he just had to go away. <laughs> he has to go. He loved you. But it's over now. <laughs> they do say in the mystery that they were going to start reinvestigating John Harden's death. But mm, we don't get an update because on that. Because they... 
they they, look, they thought about it again and we're like, Meh. like oh. look, look a guy who just does that he's gonna have enemies there's probably a lot of people who wanted him dead maybe the reason he had to leave town was because he had like huge gambling debts or something Sure. It sounds like he was into Maybe something shady. Maybe he was accused of stealing a paperclip from his office and was like, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Uh, so his murder, I don't think, is ever solved. I don't have an update on that. Apparently, the ghostly activity of the house stopped in 1992. Just abruptly? Yeah. Okay. And the experiences have yet to be explained. Unsolved Mysteries tells you that while they were filming, some bizarre things happened, including an attic window shattered. And we all know old glass windows never break. Yeah, just like old stoves never break. And we were supposed to find that there was a huge coincidence between the fact that the way he ran out of his house was the mm-hmm. same way she saw in her dream, except well, how else was he going to go? So Jump was, out the window? He was running and she was slowly walking. I don't... But they do show this like man in the reenactment jumping out of bed in his boxers and running out outside and it's kind of silly. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, even though that guy's dead and I don't know what his deal was, but he <laughs> seemed not on the level. <laughs> But he did talk in children sometimes. Yeah. That makes him a great father. Even though he just left them, and I'm sure never sent child support. But he was a great man. He was. Well, a, he just had to go. He was a go. great man, and he's happy wherever he is. But they also said, wasn't it the parents of that little boy that said, we don't want you to come back in the room? So oh, either yeah. he either he didn't, or he only came back when he was asleep. Like, oh, that's better. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> weird. Yeah, they just told his ghost, like, leave this kid alone, you're scaring him. Oh, and that kid had really a great unicorn comforter, All and right. I want it. Oh, yeah, that's right. I want it. So the, the original, this lady, what's her name? June Ferris. They don't live there anymore uh, at the time. I don't... They don't really clarify what the... I don't... It just says that the ghost activity stopped mm. in 1992. So I don't know if then they left the house and the new people moved in and were like... Yeah, Maybe it's, it's empty. And so that's... Oh, no one's there to report the <laughs> right. haunting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of like the, the, the pig haunting at the state fair. Yeah, Gretchen, there's a... Sometimes in the swine barn, you see a pig, but then you look back, no pig, <laughs> because of the state fair is haunted. We might be going to investigate that. Yeah, we might. We might get to the bottom of the mystery. All right, that's all I have to say about the Harden House. Wish I had that jade plant and that comforter. Comforter. Oh, and the comforter. Yeah, actually, the house looked pretty nice. I'll take yeah. the house. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Gretchen's, and it's not haunted anymore, so. Gretchen's going to tell us about a, what they're calling a, quote, missing person, quote. Yeah, we'll see how missing this person is. <laughs> yeah, so Marianne Perez, on March 25th, 1976, left her home in Calmette, Louisiana, to meet a girlfriend at a country western bar on the outskirts of New Orleans. She left her oldest daughter, Donna, in charge of the younger children and said that she would call around 11 o'clock. And she did at around 11 and said she would be home shortly. However, she was never heard from again. Or maybe she was. <laughs> at one thirty, That's the mystery, folks. <laughs> All right, I ruined it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Spoiler. All right. Or did No, no they didn't. It's sad. Uh, um, uh, and at one thirty, Donna got a call. Donna, the daughter. Uh, got a call from a woman named Dorothy who claimed that she was a friend of Marianne's and said that Marianne was having car trouble, but she would be home soon. Um, despite the claim by the apparent friend, her car was found abandoned in front of a bar in perfect condition. Her family was concerned because they did not know anyone named Dorothy. Yeah. <laughs> her brother was like, 
Uh, her car was new. Also, we don't know anyone named Dorothy. Also, she just hung up and like right. was not helpful. Right. <laughs> she was sort of mean to the daughter. You know, yeah, like waking her up at one thirty in the morning. Your mother's gonna be fine. <laughs> Very comforting. Very comforting. Very and then she just never comes home. So, very helpful phone call. Oh, um, uh, so, three days later, her purse was found 10 miles away in Lake Pontchartrain. It had been weighed down with a brick. No other trace of Mary was ever found again. Or maybe it was. Maybe it was. Or Marianne. Uh, nine years later, in 1985, uh, New Orleans detectives were sent to Wichita, Kansas, to interview a confessed serial killer named David Courtney. He admitted murdering several women in multiple states. One appeared to match Marianne's description. He claimed he had. Oh, he claimed he, uh, he and his wife had abducted and murdered her. However, her body was not found in the area he, area he claimed to have dumped it. Uh, this led her family to believe that she may still be alive. I know. They didn't find the body. Denial is yeah. so strong. Yeah. Well, what kind of uh, brain trauma might she have, Gretchen? Oh, was it maybe amnesia? Yeah. Maybe. The no. detective was suggesting that maybe. Well, who was it that said maybe? I think it was her brother. He like. What, he made a mistake and like didn't actually kill her. You know, a thing that serial Strangled killers... her to unconsciousness. Yeah. And Left then, her by the side of the road and then she woke um, up a few hours later and not had knowing amnesia. And had amnesia and didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. That would be lovely. I don't think it happened. Kind of doubt. It, the, the reenactment is creepy though. Yeah. You've got Marianne stumbling out of the bar. She's had a few too many. And then this serial killer pulls up and is like, oh, you're not going to drive, are you? And she's like, oh, I got to. Got to get home to my kids. And he's like, mm, you shouldn't be driving, which she shouldn't. Right. Yep. But I'm sure she's got no other way to get home. It seems like it's in the middle of nowhere. Not a lot of cabs. Yeah. So she's like, oh, you're right. And I she should. says, I live way in Calmet. And he's like, that's okay. So do we. So do I. I'll live. I'll I'm take you. My, I'm no problem. my wife. Plus his what? Yeah. He said he was getting his wife. It seemed, you know, very harmless. I'm sure she thought she was doing the responsible thing, getting a ride. And, and back then people hitchhiked all the time anyway. No, that's yeah. true. It's not lot, that much different. Lots of mistakes Except were made look at this stuff. guy. Yeah. Well, the mugshot is the creep. He looks like a scarecrow that's come alive. <laughs> the mugshot is very creepy. And the so yeah, they like take her back to his trailer, and then his wife is like hitting on her, and she doesn't like it, obviously. And so then they're like, "Oh, we'll drive you home," and then while driving her home, strangler. Yeah, the well, wife is driving, and he's in the back seat strangling her. That's creepy. And then the I was like, "I watched this element. as a child." Oof. See, I think it's a little different because she, the wife, wasn't already in the car when they picked her up. But if it was a husband and wife offering to give right. you a ride, it seems a lot more trustworthy, right? Right. right. Well, he said he was going to pick her his wife I up, and so. he did. That part was true. Yeah. So, <sighs> poor Marianne. Yeah, and her she just family, wanted to get home to her uh, children, and her. It seemed like her family loved her so much, and I don't think she just got amnesia. It is weird that nobody ever found the body, and I also think it's weird that nobody talked to the friend. What happened to the actual friend she had drinks with? Yeah, and nobody seemed to know who that was. No. Huh. Yeah, I never thought about that, but that's weird. What, where who is she, that person? They were like, oh, we found out later she went to this Custody Western bar because her kids didn't know exactly where she was going. And But who was she actually meeting? Huh. Well, she seemed to have stayed there for a while and got drunk. So was she her, with somebody? Did her friend just abandon her at this bar? Yeah, was that maybe. a lie? Yeah. Maybe, maybe she was seeing she somebody met, oh and they didn't want to get involved. Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Oh, Maybe. that's that horrible. Be. But I um, I don't think she just 
just had amnesia? No. But at some point, someone calls yeah, and like, says she's still alive. Yeah, 1990, Marianne's daughter-in-law, Sean, received... Who looks 12. Yeah. Looked very young. Yeah. Uh, received a mysterious phone call from an, an ident- unidentified woman. She claimed that she was Marianne's best friend and that Marianne was still alive. She claimed they were being held captive and that they were not allowed to call again. This just seems like a cruel joke. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who would do that. And I hope they fall in a mine shaft and never get out. But I don't think that's real. And when was the serial killer apprehended? Was that before or after this phone call? I don't I remember. Before that was before. So mm-hmm. probably he did it, and he's already in prison. So the likelihood he's holding her captive. Right. The only thing that's weird about it is what happened to her body. Right, and that is weird. Well, she could have been in the in like Pontchartrain too, with bricks in her purse, and they just found the purse, not her. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was just, like, off about where they dumped the body, and it was just not found. Right. Yeah, just, maybe it was so decomposed yeah. that there wasn't much left to find. Ugh. That could yeah. have been. That's really unfortunate. Poor Marianne. Yeah. Her family Her seemed family. really sweet. They did. And in denial. And I want to give them all hugs. Yeah. I don't remember this part about the dental plate on her front teeth sometimes unsolved mysteries wiki includes some additional information that came to light later oh yeah read that so so in december 2017 was this the one that said at the end that the case is being reopened possibly okay maybe this has happened as a result of that so in december 2017 police said marianne's family announced that they believe her remains had been located in november 1976 eight months after she vanished vanished skeletal remains were found in a cornfield in alabama just over the mississippi state line they matched her physical description and had jewelry and clothing similar to what she was wearing when she vanished okay in may 2018 investigators have noted that the case was practically solved. They discovered that Marianne had been in a car with Jane Doe. Okay. okay. Oh, wait. Ha- no, no, no. Had been in a car accident. Sorry, I skipped a line. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, in a car accident shortly before her disappearance and had a partial dental plate in her upper front teeth. This matched the one found on oh. Jane Doe. Okay, sorry. Um, also, there was evidence that she had... there. There was evidence that she had been in a car accident. Investigators were able to track down the remains to a warehouse in Oklahoma. They compared DNA samples from the remains to a sample from Marianne's daughter. In November 2018, the DNA test positively identified the remains as belonging to Marianne. Alabama investigators had forwarded the information to Alabama and Louisiana prosecutors in hopes of having charges filed against Courtney for Marianne's murder. What? So they wow. still think it was him. He just said that it was the wrong place. He pro- well, okay, when he was identified her photo he was like yeah i think that's her and then when they showed him the car he was like oh yeah that's her car (laughs) it was blue i'm wondering if he didn't really and he was supposed to be drunk or had been drinking i wonder if he was just off about the location right so my what confuses me is that there was evidence she was in a car accident what car i think that when she got that dental plate oh so when they're identifying the remains they say yes this this is the skeleton of someone who's been in a car accident Uh, and needed a dental plate so 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 shortly before her disappearance she had been in a car so they could tell it was her i understand that's interesting because there are so many instances where bodies are discovered there's no way to identify them and they do like sit in Mm -hmm. the medical examiner's office or they're buried in an unmarked grave i mean this is only last year so the reason they never found her body is because she had been found earlier they just weren't able to identify her and it probably was not quite he was a bit off about where it was yep so it wasn't immediately it sounds like it was over state lines so yeah oh man for her family to not know 
I mean, in a way, they knew, but they clearly needed more concrete proof yeah. in order to grieve. That's so sad that they didn't get that when they needed it. Yeah, that is really sad. So they could, you know, have a grave and have a service and yeah. start have to closure. Move on. Yeah, right. exactly. It really bothers me that if she went out with a girlfriend, that she just left her there. So I'm going to pretend like she had a date. And it, they didn't hit it off, and he left, and then... She had a couple more, because it yeah. went badly, and yeah. then was like, oh, I shouldn't drive yes. now. That's the truth I choose to believe in. Yes. Yeah, you're right. It's don't right. leave your friend. Yeah, don't leave your friend in the middle of nowhere. At a, mm-hmm. Yeah. Far away from your home. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Oh. How did anyone survive the 70s? Lots of people didn't. It's true. Goddamn. <laughs> All right, there's one more in this, this Dr. episode. Dr. Fraud! This is Dr. Fraud. <laughs> I just think it has the catchiest name. It sounds like a bad sitcom on CBS. It's very catchy. <laughs> so during, this is a fraud, during the 1980s, a con artist calling himself Dr. John Anderson was stealing jewelry, coins, and computers from people, but his name wasn't John Anderson, nor was <gasps> he a real doctor. <gasps> Shocking. The police are looking for him, and they are also trying to identify him. All right. In November 1986, Dr. Anderson, quote Dr. Anderson, uh, met with coin dealer Mike Willis in Cincinnati, Ohio, interested in buying gold coins from him. He requested that Mike visit with him at at a children's hospital to meet with uh, his physician's investment group. Two days later... Dr. Anderson ordered $30,000 worth of gold coins. Mike agreed to bring the coins to the hospital when he um, was there to address his investment group. So at 8 a.m. on November 26, 1986, Mike arrived at the hospital. Dr. Anderson met with him privately before his meeting with the investment group. The two went to the ground floor, which was empty. They entered a room where Mike showed Dr. Anderson the coins. Dr. Anderson claimed that he had a safe upstairs that he planned to store the coins in. He then left, telling Mike that he would return momentarily. And there's this hilarious reenactment where Mike is just kind of sitting there. And you can tell it's like, like store room. Yeah, or time something. is passing. This is not like a conference room. It was like, yeah, an old storage room. And it seems like a weird place to exchange $30,000 worth of gold, but... Look, he was a doctor. It was a hospital. Sure. He was tricked by that white coat and meeting him at the hospital. I think that's very clever, though. Having him go to the hospital does make him seem a lot more legitimate. It does, yeah. So Mike waited for several minutes, but when Dr. Anderson did not return, he went out to look for him. This is possibly one of my favorite reenactments in all of Unsolved Mysteries. He goes up to the, the receptionist and he's like, um, could you page Dr. Anderson? I just gave him a large amount of gold and he did not, he's, he's, he hasn't come back. And you can tell that this nurse or whoever's sitting there is just like, what? Yeah. Dude, there's no one here by that name. Get the She's like, out. it's eight in the morning and I'm already dealing with this shit. You gave him a not, large amount of gold? I, what? The psych ward is that way. <laughs> I do not get paid enough. And he's like, well, can't you page them? And she's like, page someone who doesn't work here? No. <laughs> Will Dr. Anderson please return with this man's gold? <laughs> well, the criminal posing as Dr. Anderson, please return. <laughs> Will the lying liar please come to the front desk? 
Yeah. So at that point, he realized that he had been conned. Three years later, a man going by Dr. Alfred Evans showed up at a coin shop in Albany, New York. Uh, Robert Stack throws some shade and says he was notable for his girth. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's not very potty positive of you, Stack. Not really, but I mean, that's how they were able to kind of connect him to the other guy. Uh, I feel like the stash was also a key point. It was very bushy. And we had some debate last night as if a grifter was a dirtbag or not. Okay. But I feel like the reenactor's mustache. We've use this loophole to get around the dirtbag rule a couple could, times could be mvm it's huge it's yes it's like a walrus of a bush and the and it's and the unibrow also oh yeah, yeah. it matches so it's i was calling it the duplex because he's got <laughs> he's got the brow and that you know it's like a double a unibrow ma- and an eyebrow matching or a unibrow and a mustache matching combo i i think that reenactor can get MVM. <laughs> okay, all right. But then we were like, is this really a dirt bag of a crime stealing gold? This Mike guy seemed very naive, and not that that means he deserved to have his gold stolen, but uh, don't give $30,000 worth of gold to someone in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> this is perhaps it's a you. bit of advice. Lesson learned for the, the Mikes of the world. The more you know. <laughs> So this guy showed up at a coin shop in Albany, New York. He made several small purchases from coin dealer Wendell Williams. A few days later, Wendell received a $45,000 gold coin order from Evans via Federal Express. On November 4th, Evans arrived at the shop asking about his coin order. Since he did not order the coins, Wendell offered to sell him other gold coins instead. Evans planned to write him a check, but when he told him that he had to hold the coins until the check cleared, Evans changed his strategy. He waited until Wendell went to another customer. He then simply took the coins and left. He wrote a $30,000 check that was not good. So, Can you imagine trying to pay for something $30,000 in a personal check? (laughs) And then when that person's like, oh yeah, we're going to have to hold that. Be like, you know my checks are good. (laughs) $30,000? Man, I've never met. Yeah, I think we'll probably have to hold that. So the only known photograph of this, quote, Dr. John Anderson was taken at a bank in Massachusetts in 1990. This was the last known sighting of him. It does feature uh, the duplex. Yeah, the mustache is large and in charge. (laughs) Uh, So the result is that Dr. Fraud was captured. I don't even know. This was mentioned at the very beginning of the mystery. Robert Stack says that he the, the term or the name Dr. Fraud had been coined for this guy. Dr. Fraud. Yeah, he wasn't a doctor. He was not a doctor and he was frauding people. So, all right. A viewer helped authorities identify the con man as Michael John Sabo, who had escaped from federal prison in 1979. On January 20th, 1992, he was arrested at a motel in Roanoke, Virginia, as a result of another viewer's tip. He was charged with three counts of felony grand larceny. Grand larceny. Oh my gosh. He was sentenced to several different prisons for different crimes <laughs> that's a weird sentence he was sentenced to several different prisons for different crimes i don't think that's how it works but... oh, okay we'll go with it after spending 14 years in prison he was released in 2009 sabo gave up his past as a con artist and now offers assistance and uh-huh. counseling services to businesses on white collar crime and how to avoid being the victims of identity theft Oh, it's like the catch me if you can guy now does that. 
Or the white collar guy. The, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, As seen in the show. Sure. White collar. Right. So uh, you, he's maybe making up for his past frauds by helping. Do you think he still has a mustache? I assume he does. Okay. That was. Let's rate right, right this episode. That's right. So we have categories. We give a thumbs up or thumbs down or a thumb sideways. The first is uh, mysteriousness. I would say thumbs up for the ghost. Ghost stories are quite mysterious. Yeah. Um, Marianne, we got a solution to that, but until then, it was a little mysterious. It was mysterious that no one knew what happened to her, so... I'm going to say thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, thumbs up for mysteriousness. How did you feel about the reenactments? Um, I kind of really loved all the ghost reenactments, particularly the hideous child on the bar spinning a cup. (laughs) They really go all out with the blue glow. Yeah, there's. If you like that, whoa! And, and the vapor, yeah, yeah vapor was good. Yep. Vapor, mm-hmm. the glowing ball of negative mm-hmm. energy was really well done. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the the Doctor Fraud reenactments. I thought those were they were yeah. meant to be humorous, but they were hilarious Closet, business transactions. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say thumbs up for them. Yeah, thumbs up for that fashion. Ah, uh, the Yeah, the nightgown was pretty good. Yep, that's nothing super stands out to me. And also, we watched a Law and Order last night that involved stolen coins, yeah. and I'm getting it confused I'm in my too. mind. Okay, yeah. sure. Well, n- the fashion wasn't very notable to me, so yeah. I'm going to say maybe a thumbs down? Yeah, I'll say thumbs down. Because I wanted to... Then I was like, no, Liz, that's what the lieutenant was wearing. That was not an unsolved mystery. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, the the nightgown was okay. Everything else, no good. Yeah, yeah I agree. Thumbs down. Robert Stack, I quite enjoyed in this one. Yeah, I like the like slight. He's like, it's Halloween, you suckers. <laughs> His personality really comes out. Let's talk about some paranormal shit that's 100% not true. <laughs> <laughs> now, if he had said it that way, <laughs> more quality. Um, but. Yeah, whatever. Thumbs up, I guess. Thumbs up for Robert there Stack. There were some trench coats. There was some fog. There the was... bar, admittedly, the bar is low for Robert Stack, but it's thumbs up this time. <laughs> I mean, he was there yeah. and uh, in a trench coat, and he, he talked. talked. And he did <laughs> a good job. Yeah. All right. So we always rate the episode between a zero and five Robert Stacks. I, I quite liked this one. I'm gonna say four Robert Stacks. No. I went pretty high. I was going with a three and a half. Okay. It wasn't my? F- it, I liked it. It was definitely more than a than a three, but not quite a four. I for me. Uh, like that we get two ghost stories. I actually think this Marianne Perez case was pretty interesting. Dr. Fraud is short, but ha- but funny. You end on, like, a happy note. Yep. Uh, this you get to say leaving- Dr. Fraud a lot, which I like. I like Dr. Fraud. We don't, I, we don't I, feel like I need to send like all of them to the half. moon. Four, okay, okay, Ooh. Liz, is that a four and a half? I'm going to say four. I, I'm going to say four. Okay. I'm going to go with four. We have, we have yeah. a four, might maybe a four and a half. I'm going to go four, okay, but four, it's, four, it's, it's a strong and a half. four. Solid. This is a solid showing from this one. Yeah, I would recommend it. It's maybe not so hilarious. You need to, like, stop people and go, you have to watch this. Like This is no nudist colony. No, but it's, it's very entertaining, good television. Yep. All right, that's a wrap on season four, episode seven. We made it. Good job, everyone. Thanks, Satan. (laughs) (laughs) We're here. We did it. All right, our recommendation segment is next. Oh, right. We still do that. Do you have something to recommend? (laughs) Did you tell Gretchen to come prepared with a recommendation? I totally didn't. But she has a couple minutes to think about it. All right, what am I thinking about? What what to recommend? You can go last, and I'll give you a few more minutes. You don't have to recommend anything. There's just like a book. Or oh, a podcast, anything? literally anything. Oh, okay. Makeup, okay. you know, yeah. sending men to the moon, whatever you want. Well, I have a podcast to not recommend anymore. <gasps> That's true. I saw Gretchen unsubscribe from a podcast this morning. Wow. It wasn't ours, I assume. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> 
she was like i'm gonna be on what unsubscribe no no she might have found out that mike rowe is a trump supporter oh yeah and had to unsubscribe she immediately picked up her phone and unsubscribed yep yeah that's an unrecommendation the perhaps one of the first okay yeah don't don't consume any media by mike rowe he's He's a trump supporter yeah he's been constantly showing people in unions what a fucker well i've never appreciated his like pull yourself up by your bootstraps like sort of preachiness that he's Mm -hmm. that's always like kind of tinged his because i used to watch dirty jobs all the time travis and i enjoyed watching that show but i've always been squeaked out by his like not everybody has bootstraps yeah yeah i i was very pleased to see that he was on um this old house with the um sure sure uh, what do you call it the uh trades yeah uh, yeah his foundation and uh because that is a problem all these great tradesmen's are tradesmen are retiring and so what will happen to this old house my favorite show well my second favorite show (laughs) or third or fourth or or something but uh so yeah we i mean if if i knew that becoming a, a if i knew i could go to some awesome place in north carolina and learn how to do all this stuff i totally would have done that at 18 now i'm too old so, I don't know. I don't do. know. You could become a dominatrix. Well, that's or true. maybe you that's could still go and learn stained glass or yeah. something. Yeah. Or yeah. masonry. So, I was very pleased that he was taking part in that and helping young kids learn the building trades, but not if he's going to support Trump and talk about that. No, I just can't. Yeah. Mm, that's yeah, sad. unsubscribe to my gross podcast. That's yeah. That could be your recommendation. You can have another one. Okay, if I'll, I'll, I'll think if I have another one. Liz is going to recommend first. something. Okay, I watched a movie this week on Netflix that I'm going to recommend, and it's called Cam, and I don't want to say too much about it. It was just sort of a thing I saw people discussing on Twitter, and I decided to watch it, and it's kind of a horror movie. It's about a cam girl that discovers that someone online is impersonating her. What's Ooh. a cam girl? A cam girl is like a naked woman on the internet that you're interacting with. Now we know that that's not a service that Gretchen <laughs> patronizes. She, she tips very few cam girls. So she's on the internet a lot performing shows and then people like give her money. There's uh, not as much nudity in the movie as you might expect. So if that's why you're going to watch it, you're going to be disappointed. How, as you said, it's horror. How scary is it? It's not gross. It's just like a little intense jump scares or Mm, not really okay okay it's not super scary it's more creepy okay it's like a little sinister as she's trying to figure out what exactly is going on and i'm assuming it was like pretty low budget but it was really well done sure and like the colors are cool and it's just well shot and the actress in it i forget her name but she's in the handmaid's tale as the woman with like a scarred eye that's like super into it and she does such a good job if you watch the Handsman's Tale, you know who I'm talking about. Okay. But, um, yeah. Enjoyable. Surprisingly enjoyable. Not quite what I expected. Nice. And it's like an hour and a half. Okay. You know? Always looking for good Netflix recs. Yeah. Solid. Solid. There's where we go. Cam. All right. Movie, movie. So, I didn't have any recommendations I this saw week. this. I put out a call on Facebook and Instagram for anyone to recommend things. Uh, I'm going to say Arden's recommendation, which is just more Trader Joe's mango wine. Mm. Oh, that's solid. Which is a solid. That's always a good recommendation. I don't just think more I've wine. had it yet. Yeah, but I should probably go to I the store and get some. I wasn't able to find the mango. Well, we had it here once, didn't we? Oh, no, we had a cranberry. Oh, okay. Because the cranberry Prosecco was delicious. And I had the peach. Didn't really like the peach. It wasn't very peachy. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I haven't tried the mango. All right. Nora on Facebook says that they like this Facebook group called Geek Lab and Accessories where you can buy and maybe sell 
geeky stuff. Okay, that sounds Check interesting. Check that out. I didn't watch this commercial that Friend of the Pod Cara posted for Crunchimals. <laughs> uh, That's very I'm not Cara. sure if Cara, Hi, Cara. If Cara is recommend. I'm not sure if they're like little stuffed animals or what, but this is posted on our Facebook group, so if you want to check that out, feel free. Uh, listener Amy suggested the American Hysteria podcast, oh. which has a great episode exploring the satanic panic. They have other episodes talking about scary clowns, reptilians, and other <sighs> topics that pop up in our discussions of unsolved mysteries. Okay, I definitely need to listen to that. American Hysteria is what that one's called. Yeah, subscribing now. On Instagram, I'm going to read people's usernames because that's what I have available to me. This is... The Despez recommends Parabox Monthly, which is a subscription box that sends you a shirt with a creepy place or legend. Oh. Uh, some of the shirts have included the Winchester House, Bigfoot, Mothman, and Oak Island. Samantha just wants Mothman every month, though. Can we just have a subscription box that's only Mothman Moth, stuff? Mothbox. Yeah. Speaking of stitching, I saw, uh, I sent Liz a picture on uh, Etsy I pattern I found. You, I cannot believe you didn't design this. I can't believe someone else made this. It's a cross-stitch pattern that says, Mothman stole my heart mm. and my panties. <laughs> and there's a little panty that has a tiny little Mothman on it. You have to make it. I'm probably going to. And hang to. it by your bed. I'm probably going to. My <laughs> husband will love that. People come into our house and be like, Mothman stole your panties? What? And then just be like, yeah. 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 Don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm not really sure what your username is. I'm not even going to attempt to say it because I probably will get it wrong. But they're recommending readathons. Oh. Which is something I've always wanted to do, but never really had time to like do a readathon where there's like challenges. It's like read, yeah. a, read a book there where all the characters are dogs. I don't know. Hmm. It seems like fun, but I don't. I don't know. I never did one when I had more free time, and now I probably never will. Uh, Look, this podcast is ruining Samantha's life. I hope you're all happy. <laughs> Listener Kim Fritz recommends RuPaul's Day- Drag Race on Amazon Prime. Oh, which- no. oh, because they have recently added seasons one, two, and three, which were, for a long time, very hard to find. Oh, yeah, check that out. So, I didn't even I know, know they were doing that. I will know what I will be doing after I get you both out of my house. <laughs> binge watching RuPaul's Drag Race seasons one, two, and three. Those were mm-hmm. solid recommendations. Thanks, everyone. Uh, Gretchen, did you have something you wanted to recommend? Well, yes, although it could have already been a recommendation because it's a true crime pod- podcast, but it's uh, called Criminal. Do you know that one? I do know it, yeah, and we have never recommended oh, it. Oh, with Phoebe Judge. Judge. Her voice yes. is so nice. Yeah. Um, it took it, it can take a little while to mm-hmm. kind of get into it, but then it's just so relaxing and really funny, really fun and interesting story. Sometimes the last one I listened to was about a woman who was a stowaway in the 60s on a cruise ship. Oh. It was awesome. It was so funny. It was it was great. And then hmm. there, but there's others that are like about, um, you know politicians who were shot and stuff so oh, okay i feel yeah. like so i haven't listened to criminal in a long time but i feel like a lot of people will know that podcast mm-hmm. because they sort of um they were the first ones to really kick off the owl theory like i feel like in the true crime oh, for the, of staircase. The, the staircase murder oh, uh with were they? peterson oh. they have a podcast about yeah. the the uh, maybe an owl did it i believe that theory i think no. it's totally possible <laughs> no you don't <laughs> i do you don't think an owl did it he yes, did it they had that other guy who said who said that he got attacked by an owl but he had a hat on so what <laughs> I'm not saying that, that that he didn't do it. I'm just saying that an owl 
could be out there attacking no. people. Well, yeah, but not <laughs> to the point that they die. No, but she might have got, that's why there was so much blood. And then she was disoriented and she walked up there and then she fell and hit her head again and there's more blood splatter. No. That's not what killed her. No. But that could have set off the injury. Allegedly. <laughs> it's him. Well, he's in prison for it. You don't have to say allegedly. He's not in prison. No, he's no. not. Oh, he wait, no, off. you're right. You're right. He, he, took, the he, took, the Alfred, he yeah. took the Alfred plea. He took the Alfred plea. For time, yes, time I apologize. Or so yeah. allegedly. Well, he was convicted in an Alfred plea. I don't know. No, it, he was. He there. He was. Was he convicted? convicted? No, I, I think it was. It was, uh, it was either vacated or something, and then he was, he was out. Yeah, he was vacated. I, I don't even remember. But it was because of people like Gretchen believing this owl theory. <laughs> hey, reasonable doubt. It's possible oh there was an owl. And no. then she continued to fall down the stairs no. and whacked her head. <laughs> Liz just has her hands. She's her head like, in her Gretchen, hands. I'm going to unsubscribe to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. Oh, anyway, all, regardless of was your... a twist I did not see coming. <laughs> okay, whether you're on Team Owl or Team He Did It, the criminal podcast yeah, has wonder. a very good episode. Yeah, I wonder if it was the husband or an owl. <laughs> <laughs> was um, there this guy that seems like a total creep who probably killed harmless, somebody else? A harmless innocent <laughs> owl. Besmirch all owls. No, owls are nasty. Claws. Ugh. <sighs> I mean, what? they're cute. <laughs> you also think bats are cute, and yeah, I they are. No, are I had one in my living room, and Sylvia and I were both scared. Well, I don't know one in my living well, room, but they're still cute. No, 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 yeah, no. They are no, kind of cute. No, they're not. They are kind of cute. Anyway, we have a lot of controversy ending wow. this episode today. Wow, this uh, is where a podcast where friendships come to die. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the title of our episode. Yeah. <laughs> podcast where friendships come to die all right i think that's it we should probably plug our stuff and get out of here yeah, so we can turn so, the air conditioning back on oh yes please so social media facebook instagram twitter perhaps, and perhaps it's, you. it's you give us a follow if you give have us a like your own paranormal tale or you once made out with robert stack please give us an email that's perhaps it's you podcast we don't it. want your like fan fiction unsolved mysteries where you're making out with robert stack we no, want your true real. stories i want true stories true ghost stories and true Robert Stack encounters and true Bigfoot and Mothman encounters. Yes. You can send those to perhaps it's you podcast at gmail.com. Not weird fanfics. No. If you have a few extra dollars, you can throw them our way and you'll get some cool shit. We're at perhaps patreon.com slash perhaps it's you uh we just recently released an episode about mummies oh our yes mummies um, what are we what do we decide we're doing next the we are going to do the pilot episode of the x-files yeah next next month we're going to do that also look for a special anniversary episode coming your way next month um we that'll be free wink. for everyone but our patrons get bonus content every month it's very for, consistent for any dollar amount because we're super generous and nice we, we absolutely are also there's some other cool stuff if you give us more money so check it out uh is that it give uh, a five-star review on itunes apple podcast would be very much appreciated we only accept five-star reviews so don't recently waste our time someone with on ones. twitter said that we put out crap i'm assuming they gave us a one star we really need you to cancel that out uh so go rate us five stars okay, thanks we're a little mad that i said that mike boudet sucks and sword and scale is bad yeah, well. And they said I was just jealous. And I said, you're right. The jealousy is overwhelming. Please help me. And they didn't help. They said that we were producing crap. <laughs> 
but they said it in weird syntax like yoda yeah yeah from they some did. puppet account that had no followers and no tweets yeah it was so, probably Mike himself. Probably. <laughs> it was probably one of his puppet accounts. Okay, because we were at the podcast festival and someone made a little sign that said, Mike Bidet sucks, score, sword and fail. And I thought it was funny and I just posted <laughs> a picture of it. But then people thought I made it and people were telling me that, yeah, I was just jealous of the best podcast out there. I'm just oh, the yeah. messenger. I'm just saying what the people are saying, which is that Mike Bidet sucks and no one likes him, including his own mom. That's just what's out there. <laughs> <laughs> don't shoot the messenger so yeah five stars please and across thanks. the board consider that five stacks yeah exactly stars equal stacks Christian thanks for so much for being You're on welcome. our dumb podcast it was fun. Really sorry we don't understand here. mics oh that's alright yeah sorry we probably can't hear anything you say for the first half <laughs> it's okay we don't know what we're doing next no. time I'll check the mic next time I'm on that's not the guest <laughs> job to check our equipment but thank you for saying that <laughs> That's very nice of you. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks, everyone. Get out there and solve some mysteries. Bye. Bye.